Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. It's good to be home. <laughs> it is good to be home. Amen. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Oh. Did I say it's good to be home? Have I said that yet? <laughs> I left Abuja on the 1st of March 2018, and this is my first time back. Four and a half years. <laughs> Tried twice, <laughs> but because of the pandemic, we couldn't make it. First, the pandemic, and then NSARS. I'm weren't sure. We're hearing conflicting things in October of 2018, whether the airspace was opened or not. So I said, I beg, I don't want to be halfway here. And then <laughs> they say it's not possible. But I want to give honor, appreciation, thanks to the overseer of this wonderful ministry, <laughs> Reverend Arome Ada, for believing in me, for opening up your heart and your house to me. Please put your hands together for our father, Reverend Aaron Ada. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. You know, we've had the opportunity to, to be preaching the gospel with Reverend Aaron uh, when he comes to the United States since 2018. And I know that's one of the reasons God actually sent me to the U.S. I didn't want to go. Amen. I did not want to go. Since 2013, I actually was supposed to leave, but uh, I was doing a little Jonah. <laughs> um, but in 2018, we finally left. And right from 2018, uh, the vision of the man of God for Miracle Healing Convention, the summer tours, uh, and it's been a blessing. It has been an absolute blessing. And thank you so much. I also want to greet... Uh, the wonderful anointings and leaders general and pastor Phillips. Thank you for all that you do. Been a blessing to us, even in the United States. We watch you online. We are reading everything. Thank you very much. The Reverend, the Bishop of Kaduna, <laughs> Pastor Musugu, thank you so much for being a blessing. Your faith and your approach is a challenge. It provokes us onto good works. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Joe. <laughs> I remember, I think it was in 2018 uh, when Rev came. I said, ah, Rev, I, I think by that time he had been out of Nigeria for maybe eight months or so. I said, ah, so how is church? He said, ah, Pastor Joe is there. <laughs> but it's, it says a lot when, um, and it's not just because they are siblings. Amen. One of, I think one of the things, biggest mistakes we make is to take family for granted. To think that just because they are my sibling, they will help me. Just because they are my sibling, they will do that is That is not the basis for what any person does. And so, please put your hands together for the resident pastor. He has, he has shepherded this flock. Praise the Lord. And to all of you, the members of each of these ministries, put your hands together for yourselves. Appreciate yourselves. Amen. The many leaders from Lagos, Angpa, and all across the world. Please put your hands together for our pastor. Amen. Reverend Mrs. Nugwa Ada. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter, the first time she met her, I said, she's so pretty. <laughs> and, and it so happened that she actually brought a wonderful gift for Yaya. She has finally used the gift. And she we a cooking set. And so when her mother is doing things there, she's cooking her own. And her brother is fighting to use it too. So uh, thank you, Ma. Please put your hands together for her. And we also, sometimes we, we catch service in London. Uh, amen. And it's also been a blessing to us. Praise the Lord. Maybe the next time I come up, I will speak a little more about that. My time is almost gone. And uh, when you give a person who has been a radio broadcaster for close to a decade. <laughs> Any amount of time is never enough. Praise the Lord. But I've been asked to, um, to follow 
the, 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 the high standard that has been set for me already by the general and, and Reverend Musugu to speak about leadership. Praise the Lord. And this has definitely been something that has been passionate to me for close to about two decades. The importance of leadership. And by the grace of God, something that Reverend Tende said this morning about how the leadership of the Holy Spirit is actually steps of grace. For quite a while, I had been asking God, okay, so what's the next step for me? How do I go ahead in the whole lot when it comes to my career and to the things that I wanted to do? And sometime uh, just after the pandemic, um, John Maxwell's ministry began to pop up on my social media feed. And after a while, it just wouldn't go away. That nagging push of the Holy Spirit, he just kept saying, look more into this, look more into this, look more into this. And I just couldn't let it go. Long and short, last year, um, I made the commitment to jump in. Um, and this year, I was certified by the John Maxwell organization as a certified leadership trainer, speaker, and coach. Praise the Lord. And I want to share some of those things that I have been learning from that organization. If you follow me on social media, I've been very vocal about some of the things. And I believe that many, for many of us in the body of Christ, this has been the missing link for a lot of things that we want to see. Amen. Now, yes, we have seen success. We have seen levels of success. Praise the Lord. But how many of you know that, how many of you have ever had a feeling that there's more to your ministry, to your business, to your family? How many of you have, a feeling, have that nagging feeling that there's more? Do you know why you have that feeling? Because there is more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Paul talks about the fact that, look, I'm not resting on my oars. I'm not looking at yesterday's victories. I'm not downcast by yesterday's failures. I am looking to apprehend the thing for which I was apprehended for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so today, I want to treat as a topic, it's time to change the world. It's time to change the world. Now, I know that also we need to realize that uh, I'm going to say a couple of things before I dive into the meat of what we're going to be talking about this evening. And the first one I want to say is all truth is God's truth. Can we say that together? All truth is God's truth. Can we say it one more time? All truth is God's truth. Praise the Lord. So if you go somewhere, maybe in your class, in university, or you read something online, and it doesn't have necessarily chapter and verse, that you, the, the platform or the messenger by which you heard it does not buttress it by chapter and verse. Amen? But it checks out with what scripture has already written. Then that is God's truth. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example. The Bible, you have heard so many times people talk about saving money. You've heard people talk about investing money. How many of you have ever gone for a financial seminar? They did not say Jesus. Amen. They didn't quote Ecclesiastes 11. <laughs> they didn't talk about Paul's treatise in, in 2 Corinthians 8. They didn't talk about that. Amen. But if you go into scripture, you will see those same principles outlined in scripture. Praise the Lord. So you do not throw it away. You only throw it away if it, does, if it goes contrary to what you have black and white in scripture. Praise the Lord. But if it agrees with what you see in scripture, please embrace it. Hallelujah. Because all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. God has set principles in the universe that will determine how things pan out in the universe. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you hear a truth, and that's one of the things that we have seen, is that many times when we come for leadership seminars or management seminars or financial seminars, lots of people in the body of Christ reject it because there is no addendum of chapter and verse. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But I strongly believe that God has set these principles to run for us in the world. And if we as believers who have the foundation of the anointing of God's spirit and the word of God, if we are able to put these other principles upon this foundation, for there is no other foundation but Christ, if we put these things on that foundation, we will run the world. Hallelujah. This has been the missing link for many things in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to point out 
is that as we receive these things here in camp meeting, please make sure you run with them. Make sure you run with them. This morning, uh, Reverend Tendi was sharing uh, his experience after uh, camp meeting of 2018 and how he had that burden and how he prayed and how he wrote a book. Praise the Lord. And how after six months, he has already seen 35 people delivered from the spirit of suicide. These are people that did not come for camp meeting. These are people that most likely did not go to his church. Hallelujah. But because it was not in the traditional sense of church or outreach or conference or crusade, they have gotten the truth of the gospel because he was able to present it in another light. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that when Joseph appeared before Pharaoh, he did not say, thus said the Lord. Amen. He interpreted the dream and he came out with an agricultural policy. My father is a professor of agricultural economics. Till today, they don't know the system that Joseph put together to preserve grain for 14 years. But he took the anointing of God's spirit and what came out of it was an agricultural policy. Praise the Lord. And if you look out throughout scripture, the people that we, we are learning faith from, the people that we listen to in, in scripture and we hear what they have done, the exploits of faith, a lot of them, the expression of the anointing of God's spirit, the expression of the gifts of the spirit and the moves of the spirit were in secular, tangible expressions. Esther won beauty pageant. Please, tell me <laughs> how that correlates with camp meeting or church or a crusade or a Holy Ghost night. It's not. Daniel as an advisor to four kings. PDP, APC, ETC, <laughs> Labour Party. Amen. He was there. And I'm sure there were believers that are insulting him. This guy, the fact that he has been with uh, GJ and Buhari and with Obi, he has been with all of them. Uh, the, the, he, guy, the, guy, the guy, they fall our hand. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you... <laughs> and start quoting things. Amen. But that was the will of God for him. And because he was there, he was able to encode the coming of Christ into Babylonian literature such that it was heathen unbelievers that knew that Jesus had come, even when the Pharisees that were reading the Torah did not know that he, had, he was born. Praise the Lord. So as we take these things, please uh, uh, make sure you, you dig into what you have heard from Reverend Mosugu from, from General Phillips, make sure that what we are teaching in these in this leadership seminars, you are taking to heart. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to change the world. Now tell somebody else, it's time for you to change the world. One of the biggest problems we have with leadership training is that we think that because you are not in position, you don't need leadership training. The lowest form of leadership is positional leadership. Just because you have a position, you are CEO, you are director. But the principles of leadership are things that we are supposed to apply to our lives daily. And if you apply them, you will stand out. Now, the things that we are going to talk about stand on two pillars. The first one is that you must value yourself. You must value yourself. That is not pride. It is not arrogance. Amen. To value yourself is not pride. I remember I was, must have been about 17 and I was, I was wondering, I said, God, what's the difference between pride and self-esteem? What's the difference between pride and self-esteem? And I remember uh, for a while I was thinking about it and then one day, the Holy Spirit, back then, because you know, we, don't, <laughs> we don't believe, I grew up in Baptist and Equa, <laughs> so we don't believe in, you know, the, that God can talk to you, you, no. <laughs> but now, in retrospect, I know it was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit spoke something to my heart. He said, pride is thinking that you are a self-made man. While self-esteem is knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise the Lord. You are fearful and wonderful, but guess what? You were made by someone else. And that same someone that made you fearful and wonderful has made each and every human being that you meet fearful and wonderful. It doesn't matter how much is in their pocket. 
It doesn't have what positions they hold. It doesn't matter whether they are convicted felons. God has made them fearful and wonderful. But you must start out by realizing that you must value yourself. Healthy external relationships are only predicated on healthy relationship with yourself. As you interact with yourself, you must like yourself. Kirk Franklin has a song, I like me. I like myself. But in Nigerian parlance, if, the, if they say, guy, this guy likes himself, it's not, it's not a compliment. <laughs> the guy too likes himself. Ah, well, you no. Know. No, but you should like yourself. Because you can never outperform your self-image. You will never outperform your self-image. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So you must like yourself. Even though you are four foot two. As a grown adult. <laughs> Even though you are as dark as myself. Because <laughs> my, my father is kind of light skinned. My mother from Southern Kaduna is as dark as they come. Amen. That's why I was reverend laughed when I said I was half caste. That's what it means. My father is Idoma, my mother is Baju, so I'm half caste. Any half caste in the house? Your father, your mother, yes, Chichi, Joy. Joy, Joy, Akut, and myself, we are of the same mold. It's just that we switched it. <laughs> her mother is Idoma, and then her father is from Southern Kaduna. Amen. So we are half caste. Praise the Lord. But you must like yourself. Stop looking at what people have termed as flaws. Stop looking at those. You must like yourself. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You must realize that you hold value. You are a person of value. It doesn't matter whether other people know you have value or not. You have value. Praise the Lord. You have value. Now, in the world stance, until value is determined, until value has been seen, handled, and touched, it is not conferred. And so the land upon which, which we are here is worth how many million? I don't, I don't know. I've been away for, <laughs> for a while. But even in 2018, <laughs> the way they are calling land in this Abuja, <laughs> and I'm sure it has gone up. Praise the Lord. You know? But how many of you know that the instant they find liquid petroleum gas on this land, the value will, will skyrocket? Praise the Lord. I remember one man in Makodi, uh, just um, if you go into Makodi, once you get, just before you get to the bridge, by the time you get to Court 5, uh, there's a corn oil uh, fuel station. And they owned, he owned the land. And in Makodi, that's like maybe 150,000. And then Glow wanted to build their mast. <laughs> and then he was now bargaining with them about 15 million. This is 2000 and maybe 2006. And Papa, for land that he could not sell for 250,000, he was now forming about 7 million. I think they settled on 7 million. And cool, Papa was a millionaire. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The problem is that for us, we wait for other people to discover value in us before we can accredit value to ourselves. But that's not the case. If you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you are fearfully and wonderfully made, after the image of El Shaddai, then you have value. I know you failed Wask three times. Amen. <laughs> I know you have not been able to get admission. You are still looking for a job, but you have value. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things. Things, material or immaterial, are too little to define the value of a human being. So stop defining yourself by the things you have. I finished secondary school and for four years I could not get admission into university. It's people that were feeling sorry for me. I said, that is your business. Amen? That is your business. And the truth is that in those four years, everything I am doing now, from radio to public speaking to preaching, because that's when, how old was I? I was, I was 17 when I finished secondary school. That was 16. 
when I finished secondary school. And because I was at home, I started planning Bible study for the children in the Zango. So, okay, every Sunday, people meet me in the primary school, we'll do Bible study. You know, when I was, when I was in university, I saw some of the notes that I made. I said, Jesus. <laughs> but it was in that process, because I refused to determine my value based on what I had or didn't have, I could still churn out value because I saw that I had value. Stop letting the lack of things determine the value that you create. Start with what you have, where you are right now. Say this, I'm a person of value with a purpose, a plan, and a gift to serve others. Can we say that again? And if you're writing, you can write this down. I'm a person of value with a purpose, a plan, and a gift to serve others. So, you need to recognize your value. You need to accept your value. Stop focusing on what makes you insecure. How many of you know that I'm a shy person? I'm a very, very, very shy person. But I have emceed on some of the largest stages on earth. Amen. I've been a radio show host for close to a decade with a daily listenership of 1.5 million people. Because I have focused on what value I can give instead of the insecurities that I feel. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that if Jesus focused on what people were saying about him, he would have not, he would have not fulfilled ministry? Is this not the carpenter's son? In fact, he's not even his son. We're not even sure he's his son. We're not even sure. Let's just, make we just dash him. You think, no, when you read scripture, that's what uh, Reverend Tendo will say, you need to put yourself in that situation. You don't just read it and say, oh, glory to God and go away. No, you must immerse yourself. That's what it means to meditate. You must project yourself into that experience. Praise the Lord. You think Jesus was a wanted man. It's not just when it was time for Easter that they came and arrested him. There were times they wanted to throw him from cliff. There were times they sent soldiers. It's just that the soldiers came and they heard something. They say, wow, wow, private. Are you hearing this? this?" (laughs) I'm very sure they sent people to poison him. Because it's not everything that's happened that they wrote. Praise the Lord. Jesus knew. (laughs) Amen. He knew that not everybody that was saying Lord, Lord was with him. He said he did not commit himself to any man for he knew what was in their hearts. For Jesus to scan people's hearts and say, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not among. <laughs> then you must know what he, he saw in people's hearts. But you cannot focus on your insecurities. You must accept your value. Increase your value. Praise the Lord. You must increase your value. Fix what you can fix. Um, that's the way I am. Well, guess what? Crude oil too, that's the way it is. But at some point, it has to be refined so that you can put fuel in your car. How many of you queue for fuel this week? <laughs> Since I went to the US, I've worked, I'm, I work in oil and gas now. You don't ask. It's the, that's a different story. Amen. <laughs> but I have come to realize that we need refineries. If I thought of it before, now I am very, very sure. And we must press for it. Amen? Amen. 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 Reverend uh, Gomwok, the Spirit of God came upon him, was it last night? And he said some things. <laughs> he that has an ear. <laughs> what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Praise the Lord. We must sit up in this country, this beautiful country. There's no country like this. None. My wife and I play a game, spot the Nigerian. Anytime we go out, we say, can we spot a Nigerian today? And 80% of the time, we spot one. And it's not written on their forehead. Just the swagger alone. The ginger alone. I'm telling you. 
it has happened i'm not I'm, it has not happened 10 12 20 no we have lost count we'll just look at each other we'll just how far <laughs> and i'll say to the thickest nigeria accent sometimes i'm wrong sometimes they might be for some reason haitians look like nigerians Haitians look very much like Nigerians. And then some Jamaicans, they look very much like Nigerians. But Haitians even sound like Nigerians. So even when they are speaking, you, you hear that Nigerian accent. Then they say, no, 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 no. But, you know, I can tell when they are Ghanaian or they are from, I've met some Zambians, but Nigerians. There's nobody like us. Nobody. That's why we are going through what we are going through. It is because of the depth of the promise that the persecution has come. Praise the Lord. But these light afflictions, they are light. The lack of light is, is light. The kidnapping is light when we compare it to the glory that is to come. Amen? And I believe that's not just for eternity. It's for now. Amen? So get your PVC on vote. Amen? Hallelujah. So yes, I'm saying you need to increase your value. Having a quality is not the same as having a skill. Having a quality or a talent is not the same as having a skill. There are many of you that can sing here. Praise the Lord. But not all of you are musicians. Praise the Lord. There are many of you that are, that are well-spoken or you, can, you have the gift of gab, as they say it. But not all of you are radio presenters. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And even the men of God here, they will tell you that where they were, where, how they were preaching 20 years ago is not the same as they are preaching today. And it's not because God loves them more today than he loved them back then. No. Praise the Lord. So if you have a skill, you have a quality, you have value, you must develop it. You must develop it. And then you must believe your value. Because if you believe your value, you will use it to help others. Sister Paula, the PM. I just I seen her this in on LinkedIn. I said, ah, this girl don't blow. See how she's just sharing, you know, project management and, you know, for tech space and everything. I say, ah, ah. praise the Lord. If you have something, share it. Amen. Share it. Stop winking in the dark. You off all the light and you are winking. And you are annoyed that people can't see that you are winking. You are winking in the dark. On the light. If you light a candle, stop putting it on that bushel. Put it in the center of the room for everybody to have light. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, ah, me, I can, I can, I can. We don't know you can. We don't know. We are not aware. <laughs> Until you let us know you can, we don't know that you can. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the first pillar is that you must value yourself. The second pillar is that you must value people. Because if you are fearfully and wonderfully made, the person seated next to you is fearfully and wonderfully made too. Praise the Lord. God loves them too. God made investments in them too. God trusts them too. And he gave them something. Praise the Lord. You must value people. If you see people as broken, you want to fix them. If you see people as hurting, you want to help them. But if you see people as valuable, you will serve them. You will serve them. You need to serve people. And the only reason you can serve people is if you see that they have value. Praise the Lord. Look at the way we serve the anointed in this house. Amen. I, when they pick me from the airport, when uh, Minister Lucky picked me from the airport, I say, oh, wow. Praise the Lord. Reverend Gomok was talking of the hamper. The hamper, I don't, I don't know where to start. Amen. <laughs> I've only leaked sweet from the hamper. I don't even know. 
I don't know. Then I saw the tongue. I said, ah, wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm being served because they see value. Amen. But that way we must serve people that we meet on the street. You must serve them. In the bus. You are annoyed that you are, you are still entering Kekena Pep. No problem. It's for now. But while you are in that Kekena Pep, serve people that are with you there. That's what Joseph did. He served the Potiphar's house. I'm very sure he was treating the other servants with respect and valued them. And that's why they could put him above them. Then something happened. He was confessing, confessing, sowing seed, coming for camp meeting. He was doing all of that. And then the thing went worse. As always, they went worse. Huh? <laughs> and he went to prison. Now, what I like, like I said, like uh, Reventino said, you must immerse yourself, right? I always think about Joseph. Now, if nowadays, with human rights and uh, technology, prison is still a bad place to go, even in the United States. If they say you went to prison in the U.S., the Lord be with you. Because even when you come out, nobody wants to hire you. To get a job in the U.S. <laughs> ah, here is even better, sir. Because there's no record to show that. If you don't tell people, they won't know. Amen? There is your record. Some of the things I did as a child in the U.S. is still in some file somewhere. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now think back to when there was no human rights. And you're a political prisoner. You touched, allegedly touched the wife of Pharaoh's hitman. How many of you know that is the deepest of the darkest of the dungeon that they put Joseph? And they were flogging him every day. Every day the warden will come with his big stomach and say, Shana, you they touch your god wife. You go collect today. Samanja, give him ten. <laughs> you, I'm very sure that's what was happening. Praise the Lord. So everything was going against him still. Still, he says he was comforting the prisoners. Most people, if they're in that situation, will not even care about people. More so that they are there innocently. The woman said they didn't even touch her. She's fine, you know. And any young man will appreciate a fine one. He didn't even do it. In their mind, they say, I for even do him, make it be say, nah, I know say they suffer for righteous <laughs> for unrighteousness sake. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But he saw value in the people. And guess what? That was the basis for which he was able to come out. Many of you, the basis for you to come out of whatever situation and circumstance, the basis for you to enter what it is God has shown you and promised you depends on how you value the people around you. You have to. You must. Stop looking at... And it's not, it's not that you are using people. You, you genuinely appreciate these people. You genuinely are serving their destiny. Even when they don't see value in themselves, you see value in them. When David was helping all those ragtag guys, the people that are owing money, owing bashi, that you know they collected money from online uh, app, and they know if you pay, they just enter <laughs> enter back of Zuba like that. All of them that, behind the Asu Rock. That, no, what's the Zuma Rock? Now they all of them they meet. <laughs> That's where they were. And they will say, Well, you know what? They say they anointed me as king. So he's king of the ragtag guys. So let me be king here. Praise the Lord. Later in life, those were the guys that were there for him. Because they knew that this guy sees value in us. Even when we didn't see value in ourselves. Praise the Lord. So you must see value in people. Say, I'm a person of value who values people and I add value to people. Let it be that every time people meet you, you are adding value to them. 
It is more blessed to give than to receive. What did I say at the beginning? All truth is what? God's truth. So if you are here as a pastor, as a ministry head, as a head of department, maybe you are not even, you own a business. You do share butter and waste bead. You sell okoroko. Amen. You are a tech, you are a fintech person. Whatever it is you do. Or you are a parent. A lot of these principles, just apply them where you are. As a father, do you see value in your children? Do you see value in your wife? No, I'm not saying that she... I know she doesn't know how to cook. And you have been quiet about it. Don't tell anybody. But you, inside your heart, you resent it that she doesn't know how to cook like your mother. Amen. It's true now. It is everybody's wife that cooks better than his mother. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is every woman's husband richer than her father? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You must still see value in them. Your child has failed how many times? Do you still see value in your child? I repeated Genesis 2. No, you can laugh if, if it's funny to you. But if I hear it anywhere, you are the one that told it. I repeated Genesis 2. F4 Secondary School, Kaduna. And my father had been warning me. Because first term. Out of 148, I came 98. Amen. <laughs> My entire note could fit in two leaves. No note. Amen. I didn't used to copy notes. I just pay attention in class. That's, uh, that's one thing I always do. I listen. I'm a very good listener. I know I talk a lot, but I've been a very good listener. And I have a very good memory. It's just that sometimes I don't remember what the memory file. That's the only problem. That's the only challenge. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Omola <laughs> so second first term 98, second term 116. Yeah. And my father <laughs> one day he came back from work, I was playing football. He said, Young man, come here. <laughs> you must sit up. My father is a professor. I'm telling you, the guy is sharp. If there's anything I know, my father is, is brilliant. Amen. And uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, the third term, I came 122 out of 148. Advice to repeat. I wanted to reject the advice, but. <laughs> But guess what? Guess what? My father, my mother, they still decided to see value in me. Amen. They didn't throw me to the curse. Help me to understand the unfailing. Before I even started coming into word of faith circles with Rev and all the great men of God. Before, like I said, we are Bishara one. number one, you know? <laughs> this concept of my eternal salvation. It, it, I didn't struggle with it. That my sins are forgiven. I didn't struggle. I have, it has never been a struggle with me. In Equa Church, in Baptist Church, I knew that I, because I'm born again, I'm, I'm free. Forever. I struggle with other things. Sowing seeds, you know, divine healing. But the core, no, it has never been an issue. Why? Because I knew that my father, Professor A.J.M.B., loves me. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going, to, we're going to deal with five questions. Oh, my Lord. Amen. Five questions that will create an environment of growth in whatever organization you are, whether it's a church, it's a business, it's your family, whatever it is. These are five questions that, as a leader, you need to be asking. Now, it might not, like I said before, even if you don't have a position, you can still be a leader. Stop thinking position. Stop thinking position. So right now, you are, you are in working in ministry of sports. Is this sports and health now, or sports and youth, or sports and women? Because sports, they used to, 
they usually move sports up and down up <laughs> sports and youth development thank you so you walk you are a level nine officer step three you are definitely not the PAMSEC. You are not the director of finance. You are not this. But right there, you can be a leader. And these questions you can ask of yourself. Praise the Lord. Don't wait until it's a Fortune 500 company that you are heading before you ask yourself these questions. As a mother, ask yourself. As a father, as a parent, as the firstborn. That was, for me, that was the first thing that introduced me to leadership. Because my father always tells me, say, you are the firstborn and you are the first boy. And how do we know in Africa that is nothing beats that. The pressure is much. Amen. Firstborn, first boy. Haba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to speed through this because time is gone. The first question is what is the measurable win? So in this family, in this church, in this department, in this business where we sell okboroko and waste bead. What is a measurable win? Because now as people are planning for 2023, I want more money. What's your goal for your business? More money. Well, guess what? Here is five naira. It's more money. In your ministry, we want to win souls for Christ. Good. Here is one soul. Take. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. What is a measurable win? You know why? Every member on the team must be scoring the same goalpost. That's why own goal is not a good goal. I was watching something some months ago. One guy scored three own goals. Hat trick. I'm kid. I'm if I don't see it myself. <laughs> three own goals. And in the sixty-fourth minute, the coach subbed him. I said, "No, leave him. <laughs> He's going for more." I say, wow. <laughs> but that's the thing. Are people on your team scoring own goals? If the goal is not the same for everybody in the organization, in the ministry, in the department, in the family, praise the Lord. What is a measurable win? This question is what the provides clarity. One of the reasons we falter in the body of Christ is that we don't have clarity. It has to be clear to everybody. So what is a measurable win? Does every member on the team see the same goalpost? As a leader, you must realize that communication determines culture. Praise the Lord. In Nigeria, almost every culture, you know, is the man that pays dowry for the woman, right? Abi? In fact, there are many times, you know, you travel and say, ah, you culture is just like our culture. This is how we bury people. This is how we... This. So there are many similarities, right? But one distinct, distinguishing factor is the language. Is the language. So if there's going to be a culture of growth, if you're going to change the world in, through your church, through your ministry, through your business... You must watch the language because it provides clarity and culture for every person involved. Number two, what are we doing to accomplish the vision? This question is what defines action and determines systems. What are we doing to accomplish the vision? What are we doing to accomplish the vision. This question will help you determine action and systems. Too many times we dwell in the vision realm. I have a dream. I have a vision. That's wonderful. It's beautiful. But if after vision, if after light, you do not take action, you will still be there. It's okay to be a dreamer, but don't live in your bed. That's from one of my favorite rappers, Shobaraka. It's okay to be a dreamer. But please, at some point you have to wake up and go and pursue the dream. So what are we doing to win more souls? What are we doing to move from selling only 10 waste beads in a month to selling 100? 
What are we doing? You are laughing about the waste bid. <laughs> Maybe it's because somebody said I should buy waste bid. Me, waste bid. I don't even know the first thing about waste bid. <laughs> Anybody say waste bid here? Anybody? Oporoko? Okay. Amen. If it is your systems that deliver your vision. It is your systems that will deliver your vision. One of the things that God told me and why I decided to join the John Maxwell organization or the John Maxwell group is because of the systems they have in place. Brethren, when I went for the international conference in Florida, Orlando, Florida, in August this year, Kabaye, there were at least 3,500 people in attendance. All kinds. The alphabet people, you know them? You know alphabet people? Eh? Don't know alphabet people? LGBT. The alphabet people. The rainbow people. Muslims. There was one Indian guy with that. Yamusa Toban. Everybody came. They're teaching leadership. You need leadership regardless of what. But he started, John Maxwell started to advertise that on the second day there's going to be a faith service. It's optional. He kept saying it's optional because you don't want anybody to say you coerced me to come. He kept saying it's optional. He said optional like 500 times. It's optional, it's optional, it's optional. You don't have to come, it's optional. <laughs> and they came. A lot of them came. He said, I'm going to teach you leadership principles from the Beatitudes. Then he smuggled in the gospel. And over 370 people gave their lives to Christ that morning. Praise the Lord. Over th- I, sat, I just stood like this. I said, Jesus. And he does that every conference. And they do two conferences every year. And he has been doing that for the last 11 years. So if you multiply 370 by 11, how many people have come into the kingdom? And he's transforming. Uh, that's just the spiritual aspect. Then if you go into the organizational culture of how companies have changed their revenue, have changed everything they do. Why? Because of systems. So you must have systems. It's not that you wake up today, oh, this is what we're going to do. Tomorrow it changes, then next tomorrow. No. What is the system? When the person gets born again in your church, what system takes, what process do they have to go through? When somebody buys waste bid from you, what information should they share with you? Have you noticed that for you to... Uh, who was talking of data? That they're sharing your data? Was uh, Mosugu this morning. It's a system. You don't just sign up for Facebook like that. No. They need your email address. And they will send verification. So don't send them... Uh, no. Yeah, to your phone number. So they have your phone number. They have your email. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that as you are talking, you are talking about uh, Adidas, Adidas Canvas? After a while, you start seeing Adidas on your DC. It's a system. Amen. Zuckerberg don't just wake up with billions just because he feels like. There are many people that feel like having billions. No, but they will not come near them. You must have a system. The second thing is, how are you doing? This question defines reality. At every time, you must know your reality. It is not anti-faith to know your current reality. It is not anti-grace to know your current reality. That's why Jesus himself said, who do men say that I am? I need to know. You know, Jesus didn't have a smartphone, so he couldn't check Bella Niger. So he had to ask, who do men say that I am? Before Jesus would go into any city, he sent out the 70, two by two. For them to know the realities of the place he's going to. In this place, what, how does the gospel sound? This would be like money. So when he comes, the parable he will tell them is the parable of talents. In this place, family is important. So when he comes, he tells them the story of the prodigal son. Same message, different presentation because of the reality. What is your current reality? How much money is your business making? What is the status of your marriage, you and your wife? How is the relationship between you and your children? Between your children, what is the current situation? 
in your ministry, what is the current situation? Once you know the reality, and this is unfortunately where I'm going to have to end, you must realize that you have to, first of all, collect data, evaluate results, confront the facts, and then you can get better. Praise the Lord. It is when you realize the reality that you can make changes. Praise the Lord. You can make excuses or progress, but you can't make both. And my business is not working because because, uh, COVID. Did COVID happen? Yes. Did it affect people's purchasing power? Yes. What are you going to do about it? Because there are other businesses that are making more money during COVID than they were before COVID. Some churches, their population increased. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, when you collect the data, you analyze the results, and then you can get better. Praise the Lord. Very quickly, the fourth question you need to ask is, what are the keys to success? This is what determines your culture. And the fifth, what one thing by getting better will make the biggest difference? Because you can only address one thing. One problem that many organizations make or many individuals make is you want to change so many things at the same time. You can only focus on one thing at one time. Praise the Lord. So what one thing in this current, in today, the 1st of December, what is the one thing that if I correct right now will make the biggest impact in this dynamic? Address that. Once it's addressed, then you move to the next situation. What is the one thing? At every time, what is the one thing? At every time, what is the one thing? That's what determines what will change. And that is what determines and guarantees explosion. If you can address the one thing, it will determine how you can explode. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So like I said at the beginning, all truth is God's truth. Take these principles, and as you leave camp meeting, please apply them and see how your ministry, your business, your family will go to the next level. God bless you. I love you. And thank you, sir, for this opportunity. Amen.